it is. The apple. The smitty so nice they named it twice. Check it out one time, won't you? Well, a few cops may die. I've seen this bitch in action. She can move anywhere she pleases, in or out. began to play with death. She's made a repeated request that the kids see a psychiatrist. She has a knack of making things look like accidents. Welcome to a very, very special edition of Blood from the Court. It's our bridge and tunnel version of Blood from the Court. This is bonus ones that I think you'll see on the main feed. I think that's how this is going to give you guys a taste. Maybe you have every other one or something to entice you guys to come join join the Patreon masses of Legion and um, go check out the rest of the episodes of Blood, Blood uh, which are the New York ones. These are the uh, Jersey and Connecticut-based uh, horror films and. That's that's a little wider gaze for 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 film choices. Uh, with me today, it is the afternoon on Sunday. As a uh, one Derek Bourgeois, how you doing, sir? Pretty good, Gary. Pretty good. Very excited to talk about this movie. It was an experience for all. Cool, cool. Also with us, you heard during the Q episode and on uh, the Sydney podcast, the NFW, uh, the lady. That lives close to me, who I'm going to see next week, and I'm very, very excited. Suzanne is here. How you doing? I am much less hungover than I thought I was going to be, and I'm very happy to talk about this movie. White girl drunk. Chocolate <laughs> martinis. What's wrong with you? Hey, but you forgot <laughs> to add in that I was drinking bourbon and Coors Light, too, so I don't sound way too floofy. See, you're, you're, you sound like you're new at this. You're mixing, you're mixing genres there. What's wrong with you? you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay when you do it on movies, but alcohol, it's a bad thing. It's a bad scene. That's what we well, call the fruit of Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, well, just be thankful that I did not mix wine in, which almost happened. So that would have been really bad, and I probably would not have made it for this episode. Well, in the cases, that was a turn water into wine, you know, because Jesus and Catholicism is that, uh, yeah. It's a holy terror. It's a holy terror. Holy terror, man. Which is an alternate tell us what we're going to talk about, uh, which is Alice, Sweet Alice from uh, 1976, also known as Communion, which uh, has a great a great trailer with uh, the, the, the the crucifix knife, which is I wish was used in this movie, but it is not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is um, directed by Alfred Soul, who's made many different kinds of movies. He's kind of like Bob Clark in a way. This is the guy who gave us this movie and uh, the horror spoof Pandemonium 
and the gorilla exploitation movie Tanya's Island. Really? And wow. Yeah, yeah look it up. <laughs> gorilla exploitation. Uh, this this uh, stars a whole bunch of I'm guessing soap stars because I imagine that that's where they were going with this. Uh, Linda Miller as, as mom, uh, Catherine Spoggs, uh, Paulie Shepard as Alice Spoggs, who's our you know our would be American GLA killer. Um, right, Brooke Shields. I don't know if it's a baby or not. I'm sure if, if Pretty Baby came first or this came first, as as uh, her younger sister Karen. She's a Karen, people. And she acts out like one, too. Oh, my gosh. Niles <laughs> McMaster as Dom Spoggs. Um, oh, man. Mildred Clinton as Mrs. Tredoni. Oh, boy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Rudolph Wil- Wilrich, who is Father Tom. He's a little too friendly for my taste. We'll talk about that, too. Jane Lowry, a classic Karen herself, as, as, a, as Aunt Annie. Uh, Michael Hardstack as Detective Spina, and the king of this movie, Alfonso De Noble as Mr. Alfonso. Alfonso. The guy who likes cats and whatever that music is a little too much, you know. And that wife beater. That wife beater, man. You don't watch that thing. Yeah, Yeah, your basic plot synopsis says, in 1961, a divorced Catholic couple's life that comes into play, people, it's turned upside down when one of their two adolescent daughters is suspected of, of her younger sister's brutal murder during her first communion. She didn't make it through her first communion. And, and a series of subsequent stabbings. That's uh, that's poor because some other stuff happens too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I will say this is a movie since 1976 and there will be spoilers on this episode if you haven't seen it. Uh, I have a good reason why I haven't seen it very much. But, um... We have brand new Blu-ray now for from Arrow, and yeah, I'll kick it to our guest first, Suzanne. Uh, thoughts on Alice, sweet Alice? Okay, I remember catching this when I was oh god, I had to be real young when I was sneaking out of bed to go watch horror movies on HBO after you know after I was wasn't supposed to. And okay, it's uh, this is the third time I've watched the movie. As a kid, I'm like bored. Okay, kill somebody, kill somebody, kill somebody. Okay. And as I got older, I, and this was just before I started getting into the Italian giallos, I'm like, this has got kind of an interesting feel to it. And this time, I have to admit, is my favorite viewing of it. Even my mom liked it. She was watching it with me. Um, there are just so many different dynamics going on in this movie. You don't even know where to begin to look. The Father Tom is just a little overly friendly to our dear little Karen. You know, mom is your typical divorcee who's, you know, wrapped up into kids. But, you know, the the favoritism is showered upon little Karen is really pissing her sister off. And everyone's general love toward Karen and not really so much their liking to her. And she is just um, and literally violently jealous over this attention and love that's showered upon Karen. And it just brings up so many different things. And on top of all of that, I just got to toss this in because I was really surprised those stabbings were brutal. You, it was a lot. I don't remember them being as brutal, or maybe I'm just, you know, watching it a little differently this time with what's going on. You know, the, it starts off with the murder of a, a little girl, and the oh my god, you can't even turn around in this movie without having some, some a cross, a rosary, or something. It is basically pushed down your throat and honestly the aunt was a fucking bitch anyway she really got what she deserved Uh, (laughs) but i mean this movie for me it's still the themes are still relevant it it's still it's i really was afraid this viewing it was gonna come off as dated and it, it really doesn't the themes are still used and in this particular case, they were 
used very, very well. And it does, you know, now it, it really does have that American giallo feel. Instead of getting a black glove killer, you're getting a yellow slickered face mask killer. The father, I mean, the, all of the characters in this movie are incredibly complex for the, you know, it's what, an hour and 50 minutes. He manages to cram in a lot of character study in the time. You don't really, you, you, you don't really, the one thing it's that's funny and I noticed this time, you don't really feel sorry for anybody in this movie. Karen was, sorry, she was a spoiled, rotten little brat. I don't blame her sister for taking her doll and, you know, scaring her from time to time. Like I said, mom is your typical divorcee, probably sleeping with Prince Valium every night. And Alice is just, you know, starting to act out in, in more and more increasingly violent and vicious ways. Like I said, Father Tom, you just get in that kind of, that creepy grooming feel with him and Karen. And you just, you, it's weird. The characters are interesting, but you don't particularly like any of them. It's its just one of the, it's its a slow burner, but it is, the ending will will completely fuck you up. It's, it's really great. And I mean, all the, okay, the entire movie is just fantastic. And I'm just afraid to start, I don't want to overly spoil it. So I'm going to stop there. Cool. Dirk. Yeah, I've seen this film a few times in my life. Uh, not when I was young, though, unfortunately. I, I seen it a lot older in life. And, you know, it's when I did get into, like, the Italian cinema stuff, I was cu- always curious about this film going into it. And the first time I watched it, I'm like, damn, this guy, you know, because it has, like, those Catholic overtones that, like, Fulci did with Don't Torture Duckling and, like, even, like, Aldo Lotto or Who's Are You Die?, which actually would be a pretty good double feature with this film because they do kind of have similar themes within them. Uh, but, yeah, I always dug this movie for what it was, you know. it is it It's kind of grimy and gruesome in the sense of it's New Jersey setting and the apartment setting. It kind of has, like, a Polanski feel with, like, his apartment trilogy in that way with the apartment setting of Alice's house, you know, where she lives. But then you also have uh, the outside shots, which are amazing. Uh, this film is actually it's kind of mind-blowing because I just watched the new Arrow Blu-ray of this. And the transfer was stunning of this movie. Uh, yeah, it, it has a lot of overtones. And I, I do kind of agree with Suzanne when she's like, you don't really care about any of these characters, what's going on. But I like the aspect of it. It's like a day in the life of these characters. And you don't have to like them, but you're there for their journey. And uh, the first time I ever seen the reveal of who the actual killer is, I'm not going to give it away right away, because we'll, we'll talk about it more in detail, I think. It, it is a very interesting character aspect, and it's not a character that I was expecting to be the killer when I first seen this movie. And I like that aspect of it. But yeah, uh, Alice Sweet Alice, I, I love everything about it. Uh, Alfred Soul. Uh, if you didn't know this, he's uh, actually the cousin of a uh, indie director Dante Tomaselli, and uh, his film and Tomaselli's film Desperation is actually very heavily references this movie in certain ways. It, it even has a special thanks to his cousin in the beginning of the movie, you know, uh, which I found very interesting. He's supposed to be actually maybe doing sort of a remake of this film down the line which I would be interested to see from his point of view. I actually like a lot of his movies. They're very indie, indie, but some of them got higher budgets and stuff like that. But yeah, they love the Italian stuff because they're Italian-born, uh, you know, American citizens and shit like that. So I, I dig that, you know. But uh, yeah, Alice with Alice. Uh, can't say it. I see a movie every day where they burn a child alive, that's for sure. But, yeah, I, I dig this movie a lot, actually. Yeah, this movie for me, um, I, I'll explain why, why I really watched a lot, because before this Arrow print came out, there was a lot of really shitty prints out there. So, for and it's like, it's like, it's like filmed, not filmed, 
but it looked very cloudy and the sound was bad. I've seen it on like Good Times VHSs and not really on cable. So it's definitely my my, uh, my crazy fault to say, hey, I'm, I'm 12 years old and there's this film about these uh, people with these Catholic beliefs and, you know, there's a lot going on in this movie. So like, I'm, not, I'm not all into it visually as far as like being able to see a good picture of it and hear and I'm going to turn it off and I've done that many times with this film and I feel kind of bad about that now um, because it, it's, 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 really, it's a really involved film um, and really really crazy plot driven like the lyrics, they burn a child alive in the first 10 minutes and that's, uh, that's something that's, that's what is awesome <laughs> the way they discovered the body is kind of hilarious so it's like I would expect to be down, downwind with this giant Fighter, the real, real fast. Although the, 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 the nun, the, the one nun does see somebody dragging a body across the floor, which is totally obvious. That's it, uh, it's wild. That body of Christ can do crazy things, people. Even murder. You know, she wanted it real bad. Um, yeah, good talk about Brooke Shields because for the 20 minutes you, you got of her, you, just to hear her talk, uh, you would hope she got murdered. It's just you know. She's a typical snotty little, little girl, and uh, yeah, Karen wants to, you know, Alice wants to get um, wants to get her, her communion. I think her, it's her father that's that's holding it up, right? He doesn't want it for her, or, or uh, that was going on there. Huh? There's, there's, a reason, there's a reason why she she didn't get her first communion before her little sister. I forget what that is, but um, yeah, I think they, yeah, I kind of forget too, you know, like. Jesus. I mean, they barely gloss over it, and I really can't remember what was said. Or if she hadn't done something, I think it might have been Father Tom. Mm -hmm. There is some, like I said, it just had, it's like spoken of in like a sentence and a half and then gone. Yeah. Yeah. Just just like uh, Alice's menstruation problems, because they they make that a plot point in this movie. Like, hey, Maybe she killed his sister because she's on the rag. She didn't tell you she was on the rag, did she? You know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what those pop plays. She didn't tell you she had her first period, did she? I'm like, and that's important to murder. Why? Because I like you. All bitches is crazy. Apparently, when you're on your period, you know. Oh no! But back to Alice, sweet Alice. As far as plot goes, this is the best version of the parent trap that's ever been filled and filled in Alice. Why? Okay. <laughs> If you haven't seen The Parent Trap, and it was a favorite when I was a kid, and I, I still watch the original one, not, not the new one. The new one's kind of lame. There's, there's less singing rock and roll songs in it, and that, that's a real problem for me. Uh, the two, two, but besides the fact these aren't twins who discover each other, the, the, in The Parent Trap, the, the, their goal is to get two parents back together again. Well, and in this case, you know, the father was going to be there for little Karen's Holy Communion. He's, he's obligated to be there, obviously, as a father. But I don't think he was going to stick around with, with uh, what would you call her? Uh, Valium something, Suzanne, the mother? The, uh, sleeping with Prince Valium. Sleeping with Prince Valium, the, the mother, because she's fucking crazy. Of course, the, the, the bitch aunt is there, just crawling up his ass, I'm sure. Yeah, I so, called her, yeah, I called called her the, mega bitch. <laughs> Cobwebs! <laughs> oh, she was a fucking bitch. She, she kind of, what she got, she kind of deserved it. It's just stabbing. What was the other man? Um, but yeah, but to keep the parents together in this one, you know, supposedly if the killer was who everybody thought the killer murder was involved, as in burning your little sister alive inside. What where they keep the where, the thing where they keep all the the stuff for the communion ceremony and stuff? Yeah, the little hub, huck. It was like a huck, like chest huck. <laughs> It's like it's it's a, it's a death cover at this point. Okay, come on, now, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that that, that plot uh, similar to the Parent Trap, but a lot more morbid. Um, let's get together right away. We can have a swing in time. Good, good shit, man. Watch watch the Parent Trap. It's it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> unrelated, but um, yeah, this film. Once the kills start ramping up, they become more and more brutal. And they start to realize, unless this little girl has the power of Mrs. Voorhees, you know, she can be pulling all this stuff off. And she grows like five inches <laughs> yep. each kill. <laughs> she grows five inches each kill. She's kind of like the Grinch that way, see? It's a... 
and in, 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 in her in her anger, little little, little Alice grew five inches. <laughs> this litter got smaller and smaller on her. But the, the kill, the, the, not really kill, the, the, stab, the stabbing of the ant is, uh, yeah, the, the, that, that was wild. It also just happens. And the reason why they think it's, it's Alice all the time is because of the slicker. Although every little girl in the school has the same slicker. And they make sure you show, they show a shot of, of the shop as, as she's chasing, little sister is chasing her because she has her dolly. She still has her dolly. And you see the masks in the window, so anybody could obviously buy a mask from that shop, the same exact mask that Karen has. But since somebody screams, Karen, ah, Karen, no, 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 you know, they all think it's Karen. You know, they all think it's Alice, I mean, um, I get the name mixed up here. They all think it's Alice, because they keep screaming Alice every time a murder happens. But she dramatically falls on the stairs. Because they're getting stabbed in the leg and bleeding all over, and then sleeps with Prince Valium. Caesar Prince Valium is all crying in the rain, like her sister is dying. No, your sister is bleeding, and now she's like in in a hospital bed, all like you know, comatose, I guess, for from grief or from her own her own careness. Uh, she she seems like really over dramatic of her and falling down the stairs, and now uh, she might have got concussed. I don't know. It's it's uh. <laughs> Mm. Um, yeah, when the reveal happens, uh, you guys want to do the reveal of this movie? That you know, yeah, it's uh, you know, because yeah, because uh, a... uh, the dad gets uh, a call that he thinks is because he has a theory that it might have been Angelique, who is uh, Alice and Karen's cousin, the mega bitch's daughter. But I gotta say, a side note, <laughs> it was hilarious. Stop eating, Angelique. <laughs> the girls are seeing all the food on the table that's been there for like three days, probably. <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, the killer moves pretty fast. You know, it's not her because, well, she's kind of chonky and doesn't really move that quickly. Yeah, you know. Uh, so he get he gets a phone call uh, for, from who he thinks is Angelique to meet him at, you know, to meet her at this certain area. He goes to that area. He confronts the killer. Gets stabbed. And then beating the fuck out of with a brick, and then it's tied up, and you know she, the killer, is slowly rolling him over to the window, <laughs> slowly rolling. Him. All of a sudden, she gets wind, and you know, takes the slicker hoodie off and the mask, and it's dun dun dun, Mrs. Trendori, Dorney, the fucking you know the lady who's helping out cooking for the priest. Yeah, the, basically the church secretary, housekeeper, you know, do it girl. Father Tom. And I mean, she, they, I, I'm not sure if they were doing this as kind of a, a reveal, but I mean, it, when she's like, you know, well, I lost my child before their first communion. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it, it was just kind of a, a strange. I don't know if they were meaning to go that way. Or if when they were finishing up the script, they changed it up a little bit. But I'm like, that was just kind of a, a strange place to put that. It's it's not so much a throw-in, I think, because this film's all about Catholic guilt, okay? I mean, the, the, the mother's divorced, that, that's that's a sin. Sheesh, I'm sure there was some cheating involved. I, I, I'm pretty sure before the, the murdering happens that, that when her child was was taken on, on before the, her, her first communion, she was without sin, whilst, you know, little Karen was going to be, you know, get her first communion. Her, her parents were full of sin, and she she makes, she has a, she has a monologue in a movie towards the end here, you know. You gave it to the whore? You gave it to, well, yeah, that too, but, <laughs> that too, but, um, you know, basically being punished for, for the sins of the parents, and the fact that, she was allowed to get her first communion, her, and her kid was not before, unfortunately, dying. Uh, she, she thought that since these folks were divorced and they were full of sin, and you know, mom's obviously doing some drugs, and uh, that it was unfair, I guess, that their daughter be be your first communion. And the fact that she was a little bitch, you know, for for an eight year old was just a bonus. Like, oh, okay, well, he, here's something, and I, mean, I don't she's know. She's gonna ruin my veil. Oh, yeah, she was a whiny, but okay. For some reason, when she was talking about the sins of, you know, the parents. Okay, you know, the old priest that was there, I can't even remember what his name was. 
I have a feeling that he would father that child of hers. I don't know why. It was just kind of the the feeling that I got when she was talking about the sins of the parents. Mm-hmm. I think that priest got her pregnant and then it died before communion because of the sin. In her possibility. Like, this is right after the reveal happens. Straight fucking psycho throughout the rest of the movie. Straight crazy. Like, you know, she's just having a breakdown when uh, when, uh, Catherine comes into the house to, you know, oh, I'm going to make you some tea. I'm like, oh, God, what the fuck is she going to do, yo? She's going to fucking kill this lady. You know, there's some tense moments because after that, I think it does work because, you know, we know as the viewer that she's the killer. And the rest of the people don't yet. And I like that aspect of... Because I was just tense throughout that scene when uh, Catherine does come to the you know the house of the church waiting for Father Tom to come back to see where Don is. You know, it, it is tense. It is te- There is some good moments, you know. And I, I felt very tensed up during those scenes. Oh, I mean, there are a lot of scenes in this movie that were really tense. It's, I mean, they did a really, really good job of creating that tension. I mean, and you're right. I do like the fact that we don't, we, the viewer, know who the killer is, but everybody else doesn't. And the way, but she starts, it's like the the cracks start showing. Uh And when she was sitting at the, at the church house, you know, and she's, this woman is, you can see that she is starting to make her uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know, she's fidgeting and then she's in the kitchen with that big old knife in the fish. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can't mm-hmm. I really can't remember what happens. But, yeah, it they, they really did a good job of, like, slowly showing her coming in. Blade. Yeah. And it's it's great that you see, like, the relationship between her and Father Tom, because that's kind of, you know, during that confessional scene where, you know, she, he's kind of the one that brings her back into reality a little bit for, you know, it turns that switch off in her head till the very end. Yeah. You know, and I like that aspect of the movie and the character, too. It's a very interesting character altogether. It's just insane. <laughs> you know, especially, like I said, you know, I, Italians like to play with Catholic faith and shit in their movies, and this is no exception, you know. If I the time was a little too chummy with that family though it, it, it felt that way to me i'm sure it felt that way to her and in a way and you could tell by by her expressions especially towards the end that she felt that father thomas chose chose uh, yeah her, um love alice over over her in a way and yeah she wasn't having that in there right right down to the end there where he they're gonna have the communion and <laughs> of all the, the body of christ the communion, and she she scoots up right next to Alice, and Alice just looks uncomfortable. And like, yeah, she's just shaking and looking fucking crazy at that point. But she know we we know, and I'm pretty sure that she knows that she's been she's been got, she's been found out. She she they know she's the murderer because the police are there, ready to pour in. But the father wants to you know impart some holy wisdom on her that that you know to make sure she goes peacefully and doesn't try to murder anybody but boy howdy does he get it man because he chose that whore o- over her and father thomas gets stabbed fatally in the neck <laughs> and uh you get to see all the blood to, to, to the point of to where she almost feels bad for what she's done and she she's hugging him and you see the blood from from the neck wound just pouring down that slicker and it's it's, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful shot beautiful thing yeah um, yeah, it is. It's so tragic that you get that ending for a sequel you never got and <laughs> to where, you know, Alice is gonna hide the hide the murder weapon. She she's she's a good little a good little uh, guinea housewife. She's gonna hide the weapon for a man, but this time she's gonna hide the weapon for um for for the the old lady here, and I guess to use it later because she's got that glare and look at her eyes. Like, yep, I've had my communion. Now I can do some murdering. Yeah, I know there's gonna be no more after this. And this. <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I wanted to ask you guys, how do you feel about the look of the yellow slicker? Uh, I know uh, Alfred Saul was kind of influenced by Don't Look Now. Instead of using the red, he chose yellow. It's a very distinct look, you know. Well, e- even the scene where the oh, stepfather wow. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, even the scene where the stepfather is, is killed, you know, that scene we get the reveal, if we not even the reveal, but like, you know, him looking for, for Alice supposedly, but it's not Alice, of course. And he gets killed the way he does. It's almost like the reveal. Well, Sutherland goes to see, he thinks it's his daughter, but it's a little, it's a little old lady, you know, and she, she, she stabs him. Well, in this case, it's kind of the same thing, except she chooses. It's very calculated. I didn't mention that because she, she used the one weapon and then she finds the bricks and she kind of clacks them together, rubs them together to say, yep, these will work. And then she, she had a whole plan to where she wasn't going to kill him with the bricks. She was going to knock him out with the bricks so she could do something far and get that fucking crucifix back that she was supposedly rightfully hers. Um, sorry, go ahead, Suzanne. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, you know, it's when you mentioned don't look now, I'm like, holy, I just, I, I never put that one together. Um, but that makes perfect sense. And now that I'm starting to see there's, there are quite a few parallels between the two films. Yeah, like, like, my my unholy like trinity of like movies to watch with kind of similar themes would be Don't Look Now, Adelado's Who Saw Her Die, and this movie because they they all kind of deal with the same subject matter in a way. Even like yeah, uh, Fulci's even Fulci's Don't Torture Duckling has like those. Oh, Catholic that was movies. that had Catholicism written all over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't go wrong with any like. Quadruple feature of all the four of those movies. Yeah, I I have not watched Don't Look Now in a long time, and I have a feeling I am going to be watching that this week. I don't love it like other people love it. That's just me though talking. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's just I don't love like other folks love it. Hmm. Teacher. Yeah, it's just me. Teacher. Come come see come saw you know. Uh, I've got I'm actually I'm sitting here I'm looking at my bookshelf and I'm like oh wow there's my copy of Don't Look Now. <laughs> nice. I got mine out too from the picked it up a couple of Criterion sales ago. It's pretty nice. I want to get that 4K though from the UK. I've got to upgrade my copy of Alice Sweet Alice because I can't even remember what company did mine, but it was like a letterbox inside a letterbox. Oh, that sounds like a Hensworth tooth operation. Very possibly. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely upgrading. Immediate blasters release, perhaps. Who knows? It's uh. That's probably it. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I'm... We we haven't talked about one of the most important characters of the entire film at, at great length because we should. Uh, they live in a walk up in this movie, and their oh. neighbor, their, their nosy nosy neighbor, is Mister Alfonso, who's this fat guy who who likes to wear dirty dirty clothes, has cats in the apartment, which oh. is kind of endearing. But that's the only thing endearing about Mister Alfonso is his love for his cats. But um, he loves classical music and and to little girls be that apparently be that constant. He reminds me of the, the personality and the as the caretaker in, in in Bad Seed. He's just always on Rhoda's ass because he knows she's a murderer. Yeah, this is what this guy reminds me of, and <laughs> but he's way worse than that caretaker guy. Yeah, yeah, because this guy's just a big old freaking perv or something, or or is he? I don't know. Uh. The actor who played him is Alfonso De Noble, who acted in three things. Um, according to IMDb, played the Spog's fat pervert landlord, wasn't a professional actor at the time. He was working at a, as a bouncer at a gay bar. Director Alfred Stoll persuaded him to play the role uh, before his death in 1978, which is it's terrible the, the way he died. He killed himself because there was an article in the paper that said that he got stuck in a subway churn stop. He was a very heavy man and... The, the the shock and the embarrassment from that made him shoot himself. And that's a, that's a sad thing. Yeah. Oh, people are awful. Yeah, they are. But um, he, he is a great he is a great uh, guy in this film who you know is, is going to get killed. And <laughs> he does because fat people fall over, I guess, because he seems very much alive after our killer, you know, Stabs after he pops out of his apartment to say, "Hey, there's that killer, killer little girl again." And then she stabs, stabs him, and when the police find him, he's fall over, bleeding in some kind of bowl or something. And yeah, that's that's the way he goes up. Actually, funny enough that you say that, Carrie, because I like how it kind of bookends that character where he's first introduced feeding his fish in the fish bowl, and it ends with his hand 
bleeding into the fishbowl. Yeah. Well, the, the, the cat's like blood. <laughs> There's a scene, that scene where he finds him, the cat's just licking up that pool of blood. It's like, well, yeah, he's eating more of that cat food than he, they were. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, my God. My mom was like, she looked and she's like, ew. I could have been through the fish, you know? <laughs> Oh, there's, there's a show that's probably on Discovery Plus right now called Extreme Cheapskates. Dude, and there, the there's kid... a woman on there. I'm good, sorry. I was gonna say, I thought the kid from Return to Sleepaway Camp, Return to Sleepaway Camp, was the dirtiest kid I ever seen until I seen this movie. <laughs> oh my god, I was Dude. gagging the first time I watched this. Like he has like those stains on his pants and shit. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, this, this this woman on the show saved money by buying stuff that was similar to real food. Like her husband liked tuna fish, so she would buy him cat food and feed it to him with with the mayonnaise in it to see if he, he, to see see if he sees the difference. You know. <laughs> oh my god, that is you know how I am. I feel about when you mess with food. <laughs> oh, that is just that. Oh god, that is you. Uh, yeah, Paul, you I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say the second grossest landlord character ever. The the first, maybe the first. The, the the second one would probably be the guy from Three Hundred Cameras. Oh, what hard, hardware? That that he wasn't a landlord, but he was a he was a fucked up neighbor. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know the guy I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, fucking Porkins. Yeah, that guy's yeah. fucked up too. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was Porkins. Porkins never wins, man. He either gets killed or he's a pervert. Hey, Eckhart, thinking about the future. Polly <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul E. Shepard, who played 12-year-old Alice, was 19 during the making of this film, so I imagine she could do a lot more of the demanding scenes. Um, because she wasn't actually, but she wasn't actually 12. You know, she was very petite for 19, obviously. That blew my mind, because I thought maybe she was like 15, but yeah, damn. Yeah. Uh, we're, uh, Columbia Pictures was set to release the film as communion, but was pulled for legal reasons. When the artist picked it up, director Alfred Soule demanded a pedal change so that the audience wouldn't think he was seeing a religious film. The book adaptation retains the film's original title. So if you're looking for the book to read that's uh, from this movie, it's called Communion, people. I'm not sure who the, the author is. Mm. Um, yeah. Original yeah, Prince. Called... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think Holy Terror, Terror is like the UK title of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Original Prince's film had the credit title credits with the animated painting of Alice holding the knife that, that newer digital copies of the film have, but the original title letters still have said communion, which was added in 1988 to comply with the name under which it had been marketed. I, I, I like that crucifix knife, and I'm really sad it wasn't used in this movie. It would have just made it more more, more, more G.I., I think, if they had a crucifix knife in this movie. Yeah. <clears throat> The thing is, you're supposed to have like the innocence of a child, supposedly doing this, and you didn't know it was an, an older woman until. Which I think the reveal, if, if this film has a fault, the reveal is too early of who the killer is. If this film has a fault in the UK, the killer is right on the VHS cover. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> uh, director of the Soul Sides Stairwell Attack of, of, on Aunt Annie. And Aunt Annie slash Karen uh, as his favorite sequence in the entire film. I disagree, but you go off and soul. You're still alive, brother. Uh, where are we at here? Linda Miller was injured while filming the scene in the hospital. The production had to be halted for a month. Fortunately, she did not go far from medical help. Durr, they were filming in the hospital. Anything <laughs> uh, else good here? Composer Stephen Lawrence had his inspiration for the film score, particularly the, t- the opening titles track was his imagining of a cloud of bad karma hovering over the setting of Patterson, New Jersey, and raining down upon the city, because, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty jacked up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a movie. It's definitely, yeah. It, it, uh, Holly Shepard might be talking about later on in the show in uh, another movie down the line that I might pick, because she only did one other movie that I know of. Yeah, it wasn't much. Yeah, Liquid Liquid Sky from Sci-Fi Thriller. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! And that's a New York set based movie, Gary. Nice. We'll get we'll get it in for sure, man. You know, uh, yeah. If you want to see Brooke Shields burn to death, watch this movie. 
as opposed uh, to, to the next movie she's in, I think, which is Pretty Baby, where she's objectified sexually as a child. You know, that, that's a that's a real downer right there. And, you know, probably unfair, more unfair than the murder. Uh, you know. Yeah. You, and then there's Endless Love. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've never seen that film live. I've heard the song many times, but, you know, the film is uh, a little past my, my age range. You say, hey, and I, I'm not calling you old, Suzanne, but there's that small age gap. Yeah, between us. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and this love is kind of graphic. It's Zevarelli, the guy who did that Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> That's only the second pair of boobs I've ever seen in the film was a Romeo and Juliet. Oh, there's some boobs. There's yeah. some boobs. Endless love. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, boy. And it's in the scene where Dom is attacked by the killer in the stairway of an abandoned building. It was required for the killer to drop the knife after stabbing down once and have it land directly on the handrail below, sticking straight up. Uh, director Alfred Soule only had one knife, had to drop it repeatedly, and then the crew member run back downstairs to retrieve it and try over and over, over again. Finally, after 20 tries, the knife landed directly on giving the filmmakers the shot they finally needed. It was apparently the guy that, that made the, the one knife. The one knife that's used in the entire film was a retractable knife. They only made one of them, so apparently... You know, I guess the budget was that low. <laughs> they one, one, um, one <laughs> knife. This, 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 this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, it, it's I, just random thing. I accidentally clicked something on IMDb about Niles McMaster who played Dom. He was in Bloodsucking Freaks too. With Alfonso. With Alfonso, yeah, one of his only films, Alfonso. Niles McMaster. <laughs> That's a good name too. He's like a soap name. Like, a, like not an actor in a soap, but actually a character in a soap. Is Edge of the Night a soap? I was looking him up. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was early 70s, soap. Yep. Um, that makes sense. Windy here's, City. Here's something that would upset uh, lovers of kitties. I don't know if they actually heard a cat. I don't. No, 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 no. I don't think they actually heard a cat. Maybe they did. I don't know. But I doubt they, they twisted a cat. Oh, I doubt the they did. Yeah. But there's a scene in the hallway near the film where Alice grabs a kitten by the neck, twists it in the air, and then throws it towards the floor out of the camera shot. It was cut from British release to the strict animal abuse laws and the understandable, because I don't want to watch that either. But uh, <laughs> even if it was a fake kitty cat. Yeah. Um, yeah, the mask he used was a real cheapo dime store mask. It was real. I see these, not the same exact mask, but the same kind of mask, you know. The, the parent, the, the ones that parents would buy their kids if they hate them, I guess, would <laughs> be that mask right there. Um, yeah, that's that's a lot of crazy facts for this one. Um, I just found out a weird thing. Go for it, man. <laughs> Linda Miller, who plays the mom, <laughs> she was in the Zac Efron movie Seventeen again as a female janitor. Who uh, knows? Two thousand nine. That was some old ass janitor. It's kind, of, it's kind of like, you know, you know, art imitating imitating art because she's become the mother and now she becomes the one to scrub the floors. Because <laughs> she, she's such a filthy whore, apparently. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Lillian Roth, who plays uh, the psychologist in this movie, her first movie since 1933 was Alice mm. and the Alice. She, she was probably famous for being in the Marx Brothers Animal Crackers. And, and oh. Telling people, you know, the child is a murderer because she just had her first period. What, you didn't know she had her first period? Come on, man, you know. Well, she was also in an episode of Freddy's Nightmares, Gary. Hey! Look up which one that is. And, you know, if we haven't done that, we'll, we'll make note of that. That she was in this movie. It gave us something, an interesting talk point to talk about for the for the Freddy's Nightmares. Yes, it was. I'm going to kick it to you, Suzanne. Uh, any final thoughts on Alice, Sweet Alice, and uh, how much Catholic guilt did you feel watching this? <laughs> no, this one, it really, it's one of, it, it just ages well. It Every time I watch it, I just find something more to enjoy about it. And yeah, I never was Catholic. That's That's Pat's job. So yeah, I'm like, wow, those people are just fucked up. So I've <laughs> what were you gonna say, Gary? No, no, no. I said their view on you know intercourse before marriage is, is warped as it is. 
is that if you're going through the brown the brown eye, you know, it's not a sin, but the other hole, that's it. Well, unless you're, unless you're not a heterosexual, that's another story altogether, but, you know. <laughs> that's a theory that the Catholics have, that if you're having straight sex and it's anal, you're not married, it's okay, as long as you don't go to the to the BJJ. Yeah, I'm pretty much, this one is straight up. I, I really, it's just, it's hard for me to hand out tens, but I'm probably going to give it, like, a nine and a half, just because... I don't know. Maybe I should just give it a ton because it really is all of that in a bag of chips. But no, it's it's one of those that it definitely needs a lot more attention than it's gotten. So yeah, fuck. I'll just give it a ten. Cool, Derek. Yeah, I actually don't know what I would rate this as a. It's hard. Yeah, it'd probably be pretty high though. I really do dig this movie, and I think it will be seen. You know, but. Yeah, I highly recommend this movie, especially Get the Arrow. Or if you're in the UK, I know 88 Films put it out in the UK over there. Uh, actually, has a that really cool... Uh, actually, because I own actually both the Blu-rays, with I own the UK and the Arrow edition of this, uh, which uh, has the Holy Terror cover art, which I really like. <laughs> I'll send a picture to you guys after the show so you can see what that looks like. It's pretty cool. Or a nice little red case. But... Uh, yeah, I highly recommend this movie. And, you know, it has new transfers out there so to be appreciated in all its glory. So uh, check it out. Yeah, if you're like me, you'll have seen, like, those shitty good times, you know, video, you know. And Prince of, Yeah, yeah, it's fucking Prince of this movie, which looked like complete dog shit. It'll turn me off. I'm serious. It turned me off for years. Go, go get that Arrow Blu-ray. Or um, iTunes is constantly having Arrow sales for, like, $3. For stuff like this, so keep an eye out for those iTunes sales. You can own this movie literally for three and that beautiful arrow print. Uh, great film, though. I mean, I always looked, I always overlooked it over the years for that reason that it looks, it looks so crap. And why would I sit through that and not understand the plot when I was 12 years old? And but now it's just, it's an amazing watch. Like I said, the only real flaw to me is that they revealed the killer a little too early. I, I think if they even went a little bit later with that, I don't know at what point they would have done that. I would have done it one because it really doesn't matter that the stepdad knew who that who 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 she was when he because he's gonna die anyway. I think it'd have been cooler if Mr. Alfonso, you know, when she killed Mr. Alfonso, that was the reveal. But then again, the father, the stepfather was much more personal. And you know, yeah. like I said, the best version, of the best version of the parent trap that never existed. It just uh, you know, put it in your mind that way. It had the swinging time. I fully thought that she was gonna hang from that thing, and he had a real swinging time. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop making hanging jokes. That's that's bad news. Um, yeah, eight out of ten though. I, I I would watch this movie again, and not not be bored by it, and not be too bothered by I knew who what the reveal was, and all all that good stuff. And I can't really say that about a lot of. Italian type movies, you know. Once you know who the killer is, you know, and here comes the two the two endings, which I'm grateful this didn't have the two endings that some of those Italian movie has. Two movies have. Yeah. You know, you know those ones, guys, better than I do. Yeah. Well, sometimes they just end without no explanation. <laughs> they just end. <laughs> it's like I really like stage fright, but here comes the two sub- subsequent endings that happen after the actual ending of stage fright. Uh, Opera is the same way. Mm-hmm. Opera has like four and then it's like the Lord of the Rings of Argento. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then Sam softers in and gives it that very gay look. Come on now, you know. Burial Grounds is amazing. We we could it forgive is. we could forgive Burial Grounds because the child bites his mother's nipple off of that movie. So Mommy. It's, uh, yes, Mama. exactly. Mommy. <laughs> People say poor Bob has the worst voice in GLO. No, Bob does not. You know, that guy, that guy does. Um, yeah, 8 out of 10 for me. Um, Derek B., uh, pimp your stuff, sir. Sure, as always, you can find me on Cinema Attack. Uh, also, I should note that Celluloid Dissections Redux is about to gear up. Yay! Start on that uh, feed in the future. So subscribe to the new feed for new episodes of both Cinema Attack and Celluloid Dissections Redux. I want to be a guest finally on that show, <laughs> sir. I hope Carly comes back for it. It'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I actually had, because I did it in the intro, it's actually just going to be me on Celluloid Dissections. Yeah, I know. I, I just hope Carly pops every once in a while to, to hang out with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You guys have a nice rapport. I enjoy that. Yeah, for sure. I, I had. She's going to be guessing on a few episodes here and there. She already said she would. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, and as always, uh, No More Room in Hell, you can find on the Dark Discussions Network, where uh, the last episode we looked at some Bruno Mattei movies, Island of the Living Dead and Zombies, the beginning. Uh, those are a blast to talk about. Uh, on uh, there here, we're actually kind of busy with summer series stuff so we'll be back as soon because the next episode is going to be a big one we're doing the poltergeist franchise so look for that under the cut to the chase feed and finally my other show is on hiatus underwater kaiju from outer space not really too sure when it's coming back so that's all i'll say it's on hiatus and just check out the back catalog on legion podcasts but as always you can find me on blood from the core till then Till then, you know. Um, Susan. Oh, NFW going through wonderful television horror movies from that glorious age and a couple of other things with Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this the Cinebeef, two drinking room commentary, last call of torches, burning for Springwood, anything else that I would do can be found on legionpodcast.com and I I forgot to mention one thing that if this was a Patriot episode, I would add it to the end of this show, and you'll never you can look up the song and everything. Uh, is it called The Great Squirrel Revival by Ray Stevens at the end of the show? Yeah. <laughs> the day the squirrel went berserk. You know, that that song, you know. <laughs> the, the squirrel being the old lady, you know. They were jumping pews and shouting hallelujah. You might as well add it to the Patreon version, oh, right? <laughs> no, this 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 one's gonna go on the straight feed just to give him a give him a little little, little love, I guess you would call it. Um so yeah. Next next time I'll play with it. But <laughs> yeah, this has been Blood from the Core, your your bridge and tunnel edition. <clears throat> where we still use the same call line uh, for, on Blood to the Core, you know, when you when you're in the city, sometimes you're the apple and sometimes you're the sauce. See y'all next time. Bye bye. Ah. Uh...